Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we talk about faith and ministry here in Portland, Oregon. I'm David Libby. I am Josh Hawk. And we're on our fifth episode of this new season, this brand new season three, four? Season four. I don't... This brand new season three. like Season ev- three. Our brand new season three. Everything's we- brand new until it's not. Everything's new until it's not. We, yeah, we decided to do this season just... Um, a short season of short episodes, just picking apart the church a little bit, the, uh, the structure of what we understand to be church, like culturally. And by in, short, we don't mean like short, we just mean shorter than what we sh- usually do. Shorter than what we usually do. It's, I mean, uh, 30 minutes isn't really long. <laughs> you, can, you can wake up and listen to it while you take a shower and brush your teeth and get ready in the morning. Um, wake up to Josh and I just (laughs) talking about church. That's what everyone wants. Uh, today we want to talk about buildings specifically because... Yeah, talk about, you know, like going back to, you know, what's, or like brand new, um, thinking once upon a time our church building was brand new. Yeah, yeah, it's that... (laughs) Is that your attempt at a segue? That's my attempt at a segue. <laughs> that was um, awful. Um, it. <laughs> I had a thought there that huh. we can get to, uh, but I like I was just thinking how many church buildings because we, we'll focus, you know, the next couple minutes or I guess you know twenty eight minutes um, on talking about the building. But how many how many churches how many communities you know have inherited this building that now has all this deferred maintenance? on it, you know, and so, you know, that was what I was thinking was something new. Um, like when, you know, it's, it's great when you have a building that's brand new, but then it doesn't take long for it not to be new. And I know that's just like being as a homeowner, like my dishwasher broke and like, shoot, yeah. like I have to actually fix my dishwasher. Um, and it's expensive. Things feel old really fast. I took a I took a class from Yale. Um, it's it's actually really the science of well being. It's it's very popular. Like Did you just mention that so that you like put yourself a notch above me. Yeah, I I paid nothing for it. It's free online. It's not like I'm, oh, okay. but it, it's not like I'm a Yale grad. But I did take a Yale <laughs> class. Um, but she was talking about uh, she talks about joy and happiness. Lori Santos is her name and. Um, and what, one thing I found really interesting from that class is she said, um, to get the most joy, you want to spend your money on experiences rather than things. Uh. Because if you buy a car or a watch or an iPhone or something, you, you have a lot of happiness and that Mm. happiness goes down immediately and continues to go Mm. down forever. When we build a new church building, there's a lot of joy and happiness. There's a lot of joy and happiness. Uh, Bridgetown has been building their new building for a while. And John Mark Comer keeps putting um, videos up of the construction and how it's almost done on Instagram. Well, it's going to be six months and it won't feel new anymore. Like your joy goes down. Whereas if you took a trip, you're always going to remember that trip. Yeah. Well, um, and so, yeah, you were just talking about buildings not feeling new. It doesn't take long. No. And David, um, 
we were talking recently to, you know, a, a local pastor um, who's in the process or just I actually finished up a merging process with a couple different congregations and the building that they are going into, um, they said it has about a million dollars worth of deferred maintenance on it. And so they said, actually, it's going to make more sense for us just to tear the building down and build a new building. Um, and, and so like, first off, let's get this out of the way. Buildings can be an incredible asset. And they're also stupid. These and are, they can uh, be stupid, but you can't do. Th- there's a lot of things you can't do if if you don't have I know, a building I know. too. I'm just I I'm. You're just. Yeah. I'll get I'll get there. I'll get to the rough things. <laughs> but yeah, buildings buildings are great. We so our church we have our church service at our building, and if you ask people what does St. John's Christian Church do, they'd be like. Oh, well, at that building, people go on Sunday and they worship together. But also, another church meets twice a week and worships together, and another church meets once a week and worships together. So that's three. The The Boy Scouts meet in our place. We have a counseling center in our place. Um, or I guess we had a counseling center in our place. Um, yeah. Our friend Stephen Dilworth has an office out of the place. Yeah. Um, we... We have so there's various, another guy who's got an office. Out there's of there. another guy that has you've got, an office there. You've got a resting stop for the Portland police. Yeah, the Portland police have a rest stop. Like, there's a lot of things that happen because we have a building. And if you there's yeah, and there's mu- like music too. Let's call it you know like I know Cathedral Arts. Yeah, um, performing has they've done performances there. They've done you know rehearsals. Yeah, and, and, practices and if if quarantine wasn't happening, they are going to base out of our place like they're going to be there five days a week and so, so there are a lot like you wouldn't be able to do all of those things if you didn't have a building right there's an asset to having a building um just in terms of like we not so we can do much because honestly our own church does very little but we provide the opportunity for other people yeah. to do stuff um usually without making a cent it sounds selfish but Honestly, like usually we just kind of let people do it. Um, it because we don't like it's it's expensive just to live here to to also yeah. have to have an office or whatever. Like that's expensive, and so uh, um, a lot of things we just sort of loan our building out because it's um, it's a nice offering for the community that wouldn't get to happen without that. And then you guys, you have all kinds of stuff happening out of here too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of different meetings and we have an NA group that, you know, was meeting and currently there's a food bank or a food pantry meeting. And, um, we actually, my parents actually live in, in the building or attached to the building and apartment, um, and multiple groups that meet it and you, you know, use it for, for worship. But we have a family of birds that I think lives in our building. We, right. we haven't been able to get them out. But yeah, that's right. We're a natural habitat for yeah. you know, the urban wildlife. We're basically a wildlife refuge. <laughs> well, but, but David, um, so there's the, there's plenty of benefits to it. Um, but what we, what we also see is that, you know, having an having a building, having an overhead, um, really can limit ministry. It can really, um, it can really become a huge burden. Um, and then sometimes it feels like, 
you know, it's, it's wasted resources, you know, and like in, in our context, we look at our buildings and on our property and we think of, you know, like how many millions of dollars that they are, they are worth. Um, and then we have to ask ourselves, you know, are we, are we, you know, is this justifiable, you know, to, and I, I think I so often think about that, um, the parable that Jesus tells about, you know, what, what you do with your, your talents. Yeah. Um, well, and, and also where your treasure is there, your heart will yeah, be. Yeah. Yeah. And so are we, are we placing our treasure in our, in our buildings or is our buildings being used? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, are there buildings being used for, you know, for experiences? Um, here, what's our podcast rated? I'm uh, I I'm gonna <laughs> what do you mean, like I'm gonna TV use 14 or... yeah I'm gonna use just uh, I'll I'll try and gloss this over. Um, in the 70s and the 80s, there was this big move to build giant buildings mm-hmm. as churches. I was told this by my pastor for, when I was a youth pastor at Junction City First Christian. My pastor David Debeau, he now lives in Portland, and we've met together quite a few times, and he told me. I, I was talking to him about how expensive the overhead of our building is. And he said, we all in the 70s and 80s had this big thing where we were trying to build huge buildings. And um, he's, he kind of apologized for he yeah, and all of good. his all of his like cohorts, his, his colleagues in ministry, for how they built all these huge buildings and how we are left with these decaying buildings that are hard to pay for. And I see it. Our building is massive and it's got a giant steeple and there's well, massive always, in terms of like it, it it's, it's very big. It's tiny though. If you were to put it up against some of these huge suburban Megan, okay, mega but it is, but it is big, especially in St. John's and, um, yes. And it's got this giant steeple and there's this thing that people say when like, a middle-aged person buys a sports car and they say like that that person's compensating for for something small <laughs> and and these big churches with enormous steeples uh, are compensating I, like, for it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's a measuring contest um but it does feel the same in terms of like ego like you yeah, build yeah, this yeah. huge thing and then you're like, yeah, we're the biggest church on the we block. Matter. Now, I am I hesitate to say all of that, first of all, because I don't know if we're rated anything. Although we don't get money for this podcast, so I can kind of say what I want. Um, it's I, I hesitate to say that because I don't think that people saw it as as ego at the time. Yeah. Um, and also because some of the people that go to our church helped build that. And yeah. so I don't want to knock them, but I do think there was plenty of ego in building these giant things. And yeah. I don't know that that's what Jesus wanted necessarily. Well, David, like bigger is always better. Except when it's not. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah. and I think, you know, to call that out right now during this season, you know, like is this is what kind of motivated this this season, this podcast season um, was, you know, during this COVID-19 season, it doesn't matter how COVID-19. big. 
how big or how small our churches are, like almost all of them are just sitting dormant. I think like every, and not, not just churches, but you look at like every movie theater is just now sitting empty. Every big sports arena is sitting empty. You know, like it's, it's gonna, how many, how many months, if not like a year is I think of the Rose Garden, you know, right now. You know the right, um, yeah. The 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 Blazer the Blazer Stadium, stadium uh, not stadium. I whatever it's stadium. Yeah, stadium is a, arena. I think is what we call it. Um, okay. <laughs> as David rolls his eyes at Where? me. This is um, good use of podcast time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know now we have this huge building that's just setting kind of empty and dormant for who knows how long, and and so that's. Mm. Um, I think that's what's really being challenged right now. And so as we take a hard look at our buildings, I think fortunately, David, like your building and my building, both are, they're at a place they're they're scalable enough where I think, um, oh, I, th- I think there's enough versatility to be able to, to use it. You know, like as we enter into phase one, you know, sometime in the next month or two um, and being able to gather groups of, you know, say 25, you know, like you can't really gather a group of 25 in the Rose Garden. Um, but in in our buildings, there's enough um, different oh, rooms, different rooms yeah. and versatility you know, to, to be able to do that. And I, I think, you know, moving forward as we think of like the future of the church, we can't think of the church buildings anymore as, um, a place exclusively for, for worship. Um, I I think, you know, a lot of times we have over, I mean, historically we have modeled, um, modeled our places of worship from like Solomon's temple, um, which is that that's kind of interesting because God actually kind of commanded that and um well, God at least told- ask it and gave specific instructions, you know, of how to build it and well but but let's also point out that God told them he didn't want that. Yeah. He told them I don't live in a temple. He kind of conceded it to the people, but <sighs> that's cause, true. Cause they wanted a and temple. So that's not actually God's heart is right. And, and he like in Jesus and in the Holy spirit, like in the new Testament, like he, he basically pointed them to the idea that the body is a temple and yeah. that, and that the so temple that God dwells in is us, in, in us place. and that we are the temple. And so, with oh, us man. modeling the church after the temple, like it's kind of moving against what what Jesus what, came preaching, and what the trajectory of Scripture is pointing toward, and so it's almost like all of us in the '60s and '70s who built these church buildings, and then we're like, we're taking it back to New Testament Christianity. Well, no, we're not. No, because we built We're this building. We're taking it back to Old Testament Solomon's temple. We're taking it back to when the people did what God didn't want. <laughs> that's, um, that's what we took it back. So to. let's like so. Yeah, we are the body. We're where God dwells, um, and and so are the buildings that we have. Let's go back to like the building should should help us to be able to realize. 
that that we we are the temple. So it, it should like be a resource. It should kind of help e- equip us in some way. And so like well, let's talk about experience. Go back to experiences. It's there. There's something about this experience. It's not a thing, um, but definitely church buildings can provide an experience. And so like if if we place a little bit more emphasis on that and less on like what we have. Um, and then the, the experience is versatile too. You know, like we, right. we assume that like, okay, well, everybody has, like you go into a Catholic church, which is, I mean, beautiful and, and gorgeous, but there's not much versatility that you can do in a sanctuary, in a Catholic sanctuary. Right. Um, you know, there uh, you have mass every day. Um, and, and that actually like fits, it, it fits a certain, a certain call. I mean, it fits a, a certain and a specific need. Um, but as we, you know, us Protestants who are maybe, you know, less holy than the Catholics and, um, I'd say definitely, de- <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, don't have our act together near as much. Um, we're like, we, there's actually some freedom to, to be able to use our buildings for, you know, more justice oriented things or, or just to be able to, to be a resource, um, that helps us if, if we think about the kingdom of God in in broader terms, you know, like how, how are we using our building, um, you know, to, to expand the kingdom. Um, and so that I, in, in recent, some of the things that I've read kind of over the last decade, I guess, um, on on church buildings, you know, they everybody seems to be moving away. Um, I mean, we're moving away from this this movement, big building these big buildings that everybody's inherited. Yeah. But they said like build your build your space in or build your building because um, buildings can be they they can be a tool and they they can be good for sure. Uh, but build it in a way that it can be used for different things because it's it is a shame um to have a large building that has a lot of overhead and for it to be used one hour once a week yeah and and i think that word experience is the is the thing um as we're talking anytime i talk about church buildings i i then get way into my own head and i start thinking what's the point of any of this i'm starting I'm 36 now, and I'm probably starting to hit midlife crisis mode where I, I'm just starting to think, oh, what's the point of anything? But um, but I'm definitely, I start thinking about the church and church buildings, and I think like, well, why do we... Why do we have it? Can't do we just have it so that we can keep our instruments on the stage from week to yeah, week, and so yeah. we can not have to move the sound system? And can't we play in someone's home? But then I think, well, people wouldn't come to someone's home. Well, why do why do they come to church anyway? Well, they come to church because something about the gathering touches their soul and connects them to the heart of God. So we definitely need people to gather so that they can connect to the heart of God. And there are some of our folks who are only coming because it's in this church building, like something about being in this building connects them to the heart of God. And, um, and they wouldn't come to my apartment to, uh, 
to connect to the heart of God in the same way. There's a bunch of churches. You and I have different churches, and honestly, we've got pretty similar theologies, but um, some of our people don't come to my church because for whatever reason, they connect more Mm. to the heart of God at your church with your people than they would with our people. And I, I don't know why that is, but for whatever reason it is, I think that's their community, and they connect to God through their community. Um, but so there's definitely a reason there's something experientially that touches people at our church buildings. And so I think there's a point there, but that can't be the only experience or else it's, it's a complete waste of space. And God calls us to be good with our resources. So we need to then use these buildings that we have that already create an experience and use them to create more experiences. And I think that's what you were talking about when you said, build your buildings to do more. We talked with John Howell about how his church, you, you keep trying to talk and I keep interrupting you. Um, we, <laughs> I, I see you trying to speak. Um, we talked to John Howell who they reworked their church into a coffee shop because they felt that that was the experience they were called to bring. And they did that, um, like they did that daily. And then they were a church on Sunday, the, the CrossFit blue house, um, the commonplace who's here in, in St. John's on Fesden, they are a CrossFit gym and they build experience there six days a week, and then they meet on Sunday for that experience as well. You can use these buildings that you have for multiple different kinds of experiences and expressions, but so many of our churches waste a lot of what we have not giving people experiences, Mm. and that's when our church buildings only Mm. become a place to hold our instruments from week to week, Mm. and that's a damn shame. All right, now I can talk. Maybe, unless (laughs) I have another rant. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, David, I, I think back on, I mean, there's a pragmatic level here, too. You know, like, we could talk about theologically and idealistically, you know, like, what a building should be used for. But, you know, if buildings are cheap, then why not? You know, like, but at least in our context, the cost of living is is stupid and oh it's extra it's astronomical and and there are places that are significantly significantly higher than than ours too you know like i feel like we Seattle. in portland yeah we in portland are kind of in the yeah middle it's of the funny my my um, sister and her husband came up from la and lena's cousin lives in seattle and anytime we talk about how astronomical rent is here they kind of laugh and they're like yeah, yeah you yeah, don't you even know, know. um <laughs> And so there, there is this pragmatic element, you know, with the increasing cost of living to say like, wow, the overhead of having a building, even a medium sized building, um, you know, is, is really expensive. And so pragmatically let's, let's share that. Let's share that cost with, um, you know, with other organizations or other individuals. And so that's what like, think, or other churches or other churches. David exactly. Brewer said, why does every church need a building? Right. And, and we absolutely 
shouldn't need it's, we we don't um every church could have its own building if you know it costs you know ten thousand dollars to build a church and you know a hundred dollars a year to maintain that you know like then yeah let's let's do it but, but also what a waste of what god's of what else given could, us yeah. um and uh yeah and so that like being being creative and and not having to control our space or feel this need to control it, but being willing to, to, to share it. And I think there's some discernment there, you know, like, um, what groups and, you know, like, and this is, you know, well, if they don't believe exactly the same way as we do, is it, is it okay if they meet in our building? Mm -hmm. Um, of course, David and I are going to say, yes. Um, we, we have, we have groups in our building who were scared that we wouldn't be affirming enough toward LGBTQ people in our building. And we have a church in our building who's very scared that we'll be um, too open to LGBTQ yeah. people in our building. And and there's, there's actually space for that. Well, there's space for both. Like what we, what we've come to as a realization, like we, We've also let movie studios use our building when yeah. they when they film here. We've we've come to some prayerfully come to some decisions just as a group. We don't let people drink in our building just because we've got a lot of recovering alcoholics and so we want to help them out and also we'd like to not have the place trashed. Um and then we also don't let them like film R-rated movies in our church. Uh but honestly, like for the most part, when other people use our building, we consider it to be their building during that time. Mm. And that's that's kind of what we're trying to do. Um, if we if we want to share a building with another church and then we micromanage how they use it, yeah, then we are not letting them be their church. Yeah. And and if if like you wanted to use our church, but we told you how to use it, then it's not your church. It's our church that we're letting you use. And so we try to be, and I, and I know you do this with the um, Guatemalan congregation that meets here too. You, you try and let them be them while they're here. Yeah. Instead of like telling them how to do the church. Yeah. It's, it's hard, you know, like as, as a property owner, there's definitely kind of policies that need to be in place. And sure. some of those can be ambiguous and, well, you know, can but have, you, you can but write a lease together with them when you yeah, start so that everyone knows that, from the you know? top. Um, yeah. and, and so some of that is just kind of being, I think, you know, prudent and wisdom, um, you know, for, for sure. But I think David, something that, that, popped into my mind is there's actually nothing inherently sacred about our buildings. Um, and going back to this idea that, that God doesn't dwell in our buildings, God dwells in us. And, and so if we have this perspective, if we think of our church sanctuary as something inherently sacred, it can be a sacred space. Yeah. Hear me on yep. that. It absolutely can be. And I think sacred space is important, but there's nothing actually inherently sacred. What makes that sacred is because as we enter into it, we have, we have the spirit, we have, we are the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and so that is, we are the temple. Um, and so that's what really makes it sacred. It's not the space itself. Um, and so with an understanding of that, there should be, and there ought to be this freedom to be able to let go. I think that's what really we need to do, um, culturally is we need to be able to be willing to let go of our space, um, to let go of our buildings, um, and to see what God wants to do to see, there's a lot of creative things that's happening and that's okay because again, there's nothing inherently sacred about the building. Um, Mike Iaconelli, who was a youth pastor, he used to talk a lot to youth pastors, um, about how, you know, how he understands how much they'll get in trouble if they ruin the Johnson Memorial carpet. Um, <laughs> because, you know, they're like in, in churches, people start to consider certain things sacred or the mm. building itself yeah. sacred. And you find that whatever's being done there can be a sacred, holy place. It is a holy moment when the youth at our church are having Nerf Wars. It can be a holy moment. And here's the image that came to mind for me. Moses walked around on the same ground when he was, you know, just hanging out in the desert after he ran away from Egypt. He's just hanging out in the same area, and he sees this burning bush and... um, Yahweh talks to him and he says, take off your sandals for the ground you're standing on is holy ground. Was that new ground? No, it was the same ground he'd been on, but because God was there, the space was Mm. holy and we Mm. consider our building sacred. Why? Probably because we've had so many experiences of seeing and hearing God over the time. And so like our people get really attached to our buildings and you and I get really attached to our buildings. You've had more holy moments in this building that we're in right now than probably anyone in any church building, because not only is it your church, but you grew up here. Like this is not only your church building, but it's your childhood home. You've had all kinds of holy experiences here. And yet like the building wasn't the holy thing. Like, you you removed your sandals and realized you were on holy ground because God was there. Yeah, and that yeah. that's not because of the building. That was because of the moment. And so when we consider our buildings to be sacred, they're they're not. They're just a tool. David, I wanna I wanna end with this kind of story and really a testimony to my parents. Um so uh, my, my parents moved out um, in 1982 and moved into this church building that we're sitting in now, St. John's Wesleyan Church. And uh, so for 30, now 38 years, they have invested time and money um, and resources into this building. And I know, I know for a fact that they have given thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars um, out of their own pocket and to in into the building itself you know like they they actually lived in and still do now um momentarily for a little bit longer um in in an apartment that my dad actually built um and while a lot of that was funded out of the church budget um 
so much of that over the years was was done by them when it came to replacing the carpet when it came to you know like making electrical repairs or things like my dad would just do it and my parents would just eat the cost um but now in this in this conversation that we're having about merging with you know with St. John's Christian um there is this, what I'm seeing is, is there's a, a letting go. And I watch my parents. My parents have every right to, to hold on to this building because I, there's nobody that I can think of who, who's given more, more money, more sweat, more blood um, into this building than, than they have. And they, they are at complete peace and being able to to hold it loosely and to to let it go and to move on to what God has next, you know, they're able to to differentiate between that, you know, and to be able to look and say, "Wow, we met God in that space," mm-hmm. but God is not bound by that space, mm-hmm. and we we can we can go away from that and we can create new experiences in new spaces, um, and and that's that's okay too. Um, and so to be able to hold that intention, I think, you know, to be able to acknowledge that space is important, um, but to be able to hold it loosely. Yeah. Yeah. You're no better off in a, in a space that you own than you are in a space that you rent, than you are in a house, than you are under a bridge. Like if, if mm-hmm. God is there, that's what makes the space. And, um, and that, that's, I know that's coming from myself in a pretty privileged position here, having a pretty good sized church building, but being in that space, having a pretty good sized church building always makes me question, why do we have a good sized Mm. church building? And if like, this is, this is maybe just a call to all church people anywhere, um, make sure that your building is constantly being used Mm. for, or your space is constantly being used to bring experiences Mm. in which people can meet God or more flourishing can be brought to the world, whether it's uh, whether it's worship services or whether it's a, uh, an ESL class or a narcotics anonymous group or or providing shelter or a Nerf gun fight or providing shelter. Like there's, there's a million and a half different ways that you can create experiences in which God's kingdom can come here. But mm. don't let your church just be a place where you, the instruments can be on the stage safely all week, because yeah. that's 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 just a shame. Well, if you by chance are still listening, um, thank you. And uh, and you can check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at UnsuccessPod. Um, or you can text to- us. We'd love to hear any kind of feedback. We rarely get it. Although I, I was going to talk to you. You could send a postcard. You could send a postcard. We send postcards. Uh, well, we, I send postcards <laughs> By to we, people you mean you. all over the world. I sent one to England. We should a have couple an unsuccess podcast postcards. Uh, I would gladly do. I have a bunch of blank postcards at home, so I could just write draw, I, I would try and badly draw our logo. If you want a postcard, um, write to like find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at unsuccess pod and ask for a postcard. And I will message you and send one out. I send them to kids. I never know what to write, but parents ask for postcards for their kids. And so I, I usually start off with, I hope you're having a good day. 
I don't draw well, but here's a picture of a dog. <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. I will gladly send you one. So please uh, do that. Find us, ask us questions, and we hope to see you next week on the Unsuccess Podcast. So I'm David. And I'm Josh. And we'll see you then. 